G'day Raiders family, it's Berkey here and welcome to my round three top 10 preview versus the Warriors tomorrow afternoon um, at hopefully a dry GIO stadium. I think the dry weather tomorrow, particularly against the Warriors, will help us enormously. Uh, we've had two weeks now of wet weather against the Tigers and particularly last week against the Sharks. So a dry track, I think, at home uh, on a Saturday afternoon in Canberra will certainly help our, our cause play in a very up-tempo game. Um, so, look, let's dive into the top 10. Warriors, as we know, always give us a tough gig, uh, particularly the last round, 2019. They, they, uh, they upset us even though we're resting five or six players. They always seem to come to Canberra confident with their style of play, um, they play very up-tempo as well. Uh, so they think they can match us fairly much in that attacking department. I think we do have an edge, particularly in communication combinations um, and just some edge of class in certain positions, which I think is going to help us enormously. Look, let's dive in. Warriors are pretty much, from what I can see, um, attack is pretty much going to be around uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. He's my number one, obviously. Um, now, earlier on, Shrek, as I like to call him, he'll play wide. He'll play out in the centres with Hickey, uh, sorry, with um, uh, Peter Hiku and, and Adam Pompey, where he'll he'll loiter around there trying to get a second man behind, bring one of the wingers in, Bailey or Rapana, to, to, to rush in, and he'll hit a long face ball. Um, so I'm, that's where he'll play early, Roger. Late in the half is where I'm really concerned with his whereabouts. He usually then angles in five metres either side of the play of the ball. He'll get an inside ball from Nicarima a lot of the times and usually go straight down behind the markers if our markers are lazy or they split too quickly or they don't split at all. That's where Roger's extremely dangerous. The big thing with Roger is when we do kick, so Jack and George and, and, and Hodjo on the rare occasion, we cannot be kicking it to him on the full. We've got to bounce it to him every opportunity we can get because when Roger's not on the run taking the ball, he's far less dangerous and far easier to tackle. If we can bounce the ball to him in our kicks, we get a good line speed and get three or four around him to tackle him. He's nowhere near as potent, but he is very potent. As I said, that five, ten minutes before half time, we've got some lazy forwards. That's where he can really exploit our middle area with his attack. Nick Arima's number two. Now that um, uh, Chanel Tavita Harris is out with injury, Nick Arima is going to be their go-to man, I think, on both sides of the ruck with their attack. Nick Arima usually plays right side um, and Tavita Harris plays left, but I can see Nick Arima sweeping both sides now to try and orchestrate the attack. It's a lot to do for one guy. Uh, so once again, we've got to put a lot of pressure on him, particularly from Marcus if he does sweep. The Marcus have got to get forward and get off their line to meet him and take the time away he has with the ball. Nick Rim is also going to be now their main kicker. So once again, he's got a hell of a lot on his shoulders all of a sudden as the 5'8", the playmaker and the kicker to take forward the side and also set up two of us a Sheck who may play more on the front line now to Vita Harris is out injured. Uh, but Nick Rim has got a lot to do. Big thing with him, he's a small guy. We've got to use our brains in when he's defending and really work him over to make him do two or three repeat sets of tackles in one set of six to tire him out. So when the Warriors do get the ball, he's not in a position to get the ball because he's so tied to maybe the third or the fourth tackle. Gives us time to really get our line straight um, and our defence nice and tight with him. Number three, I've gone for Aidan Fanua Blake. He's a, a hated person in Canberra. I 
don't mean the word hate in that respect, but with Manly, he was always a smart ass um, against us. But he is going to be their forward leader. He does play big minutes. He's um, great with an offload. Um, and he's got a big motor. So once again, he's going to be trying to get up in our face. He likes to stir the pot a bit, likes to um, likes to antagonise our guys. So we just got to really make sure our discipline's on. Once again, we've got to tie him out. So in defence, we've really got to aim up, make him do second or third repeat sets of tackles because he's usually their main go-to guy when he takes the ball up. Number four, I've gone the wingers. Fusatua and Mamalo are very, very good wingers in the air. So... They'll do a lot of cross-field bombs to Bailey and Jordan, who are a lot shorter than these guys. So we've really got to make sure that, for one, we don't give them field position to do a cross-field kick, that they're kicking from 40, 50 metres out with a midfield bomb. Um, but if we do have the situation where Nickaroom is doing a cross-field kick, we have to make sure we've got bodies in front of Bailey and in front of Jordan to give them protection. These guys are lethal, like a Daniel Tupo when the ball is in the air with their bomb uh, retrieval. So that's the Warriors. Let's shoot across to us. Um, I've gone Jack attack this week in relation to Jack Whiten. Now, for all there to see last week in the second half, Jack made three errors in three minutes. Um, he dropped the ball twice and threw a bad pass within the space of three minutes. You would have noticed from them properly that the attack went more from our left edge with Hodzo either hitting a forward tight on the left with a quick play of the ball, but more but more often hitting George Williams out the back on the right side. That's good. Jack makes an error. His confidence down is down a little bit. We've got that plan B, plan C we can go to with George on our right side. I'm expecting Jack to bounce back tomorrow. He was obviously trying to very hard last week to rectify his situation. You saw the big hit he did on uh, Mulatano just to try and lift himself back to where he should be as well as the team. But I'm expecting a dry track Jack to run the ball a hell of a lot more tomorrow and not be so inclined to maybe drift across field to look up, to look, try and hit Elliot or Jared or so on. Number six, I've gone sharing the load. A lot of comments this week I've seen that, that Papa only played 43 minutes, Louis only played 11 or 17. Guys, this is good for us. Michael Maguire or Todd Payton or Kevin Waters would give their right arm to have their front rowers only playing 40 minutes or 17 minutes. What that means is the bench is sharing the load and spreading the work amongst all the forwards. I don't want Papa or Louis flogged 65, 70 minutes each week because the bench isn't aiming up and doing what they should be. This is brilliant for later on in the year that Ricky can really manage these guys into the season. We're only in our third game this week. To have them flog 65, 70 minutes a week is not good for their health, particularly later on in the year. So with Papa and Louie and even Joe Tarpany to a lesser extent, playing 30, 35, 40, I'm very comfortable with that right now. I think that's really important because we're sharing the load amongst all of the forwards, which is critical, particularly, as I said, towards the back end of the year where little niggling injuries can come in through origin and so on. Number seven, I've gone for... Uh, Bailey and Jordan. I don't usually bring wingers together like this, but while they've been very good the last couple of weeks, their error count, I think, is a little bit high for wingers. Last week, Bailey made a couple. Jordan made that absolute howler where he knocked the ball out of Elliott's arms. The week before, they both made a couple of errors. It's really critical. Wingers, in particular, are very safe and very secure with their decision-making and what they're going to do with the ball, and particularly in defence, most definitely. So, look, while they're, 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 they're both 
have done some great things the last couple of weeks. I think Ricky and maybe some of the coaching staff would be a little bit concerned about some of the simplistic errors they're making. So we need to try and cut them out. Wingers making errors at that end of the field usually means we've got to defend our line for a couple of sets of six, which the forwards don't like. It's just a situation we don't need to be in. Number eight, Jared Croker returns. Um, once again, in some of the media this week, a lot of clients have been, <coughs> excuse me, not so much anti it, but concerned that maybe Sebastian Chris should have stayed there. It was never going to happen, guys. Um, Jared's our captain. Uh, and Ricky was never going to drop him for Sebastian Chris. It sounded very romantic in that respect, but Jared needed to and deserves to come back in. Look, he's on notice, don't get me wrong. Sebastian has really stuck his hand up the first two weeks and said, hey, I'm ready when willing and able. And that's, once again, a fantastic outcome for Ricky that he's been able to throw a jersey to Sebastian in the first two weeks and he's played out of his skin. But Jared's our club captain. Um, and he deserves to be back in there. So, look, as I said, there's a bit of pressure on Jared to raise to, to rise to the occasion tomorrow. He's going to be a little bit um, not as match fit now as some of our other guys, so he's really going to have to dig deep um, to make an impact. But he does solidify the side a lot with his captaincy. Number nine, I've gone the grind. Now, I said this a lot last year and even more so this year. That win against Cronulla last week, while not pretty, and our first half was outstanding, we didn't score in the second half, but we were able to keep Cronulla to 10 points. Now, we got into a grinding situation, kick and chase, kick and chase. Errors we did make were able to cover up with desperation um, and just great communication to cover our inside and outside guys. That's the grind, fellas. That's what this side is now building itself on, as do the Roosters and the Storm and the Rabbitohs. Those sides are very good grinding sides where things aren't going to plan or it's a crappy day. They're able to get into the grind, stick to the basics, stick to the systems, and stick to the processes through full 80 minutes. Not 70 or 72 or 78 or 79, the full 80 minutes. So the grind's most important. Finally, I want to raise a mention to Curtis Scott. Now, if there was a, a stat for a try assist in rugby league, which I don't think there is, then that try that Hudson Young got last week should have been given to Curtis Scott as well as a try assist. The desperation to get to two players and beat them to get that ball back, and Hudson Young scores 30 seconds before halftime. Let's face it, it was a game changer. We don't score then, we may lose that game. We go in at 12 nil or 12 2 down, sorry, or 12 2 up. It's a fantastic mental um, consolidation um, of our desperation to win the game. So hats off to you, Curtis. A brilliant play. That was your try as much as Hudson being on the score sheet as getting the try. Uh, but without your desperation and, and willingness to get to that ball, it wouldn't have happened. So Raiders fam, that's it for my top 10 this week. As always, thank you so much for your support through the Facebook pages on Twitter. Look at me on YouTube if you want to have a look at any old videos or this one fresh, if you only like to deal with YouTube. Um, so guys, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Can't wait. And as always, this is Berkey. Bleed Green, out.